Locked on Gamecocks. And the Gamecocks were a winner again yesterday. Mark Kingston and crew put it on the Citadel 10 to 1. And we will get to that in just a moment. But on today's show, it's going to be kind of an exploratory show. Something I wanted to bring you because Dr. Rick Sanford, the first first round pick in the history of South Carolina Gamecocks football, and I were talking kind of off the air. Uh, we do sports talk together, and we were talking off the air about the South Carolina Gamecock basketball program. And I feel that I kind of go back and forth about Frank Martin and, and Gamecock basketball, that one day I may be defending Frank Martin because I think he's a good basketball coach. I think he seems to exceed expectations for what the outside world, working media, other fan bases think South Carolina basketball should be and, and honestly has been for a long time now. But when you get the perspective of someone like Rick Sanford, who played football at South Carolina in the late 70s, grew up a fan in the state of South Carolina, got to see Frank McGuire in, in that era, uh, got to know people like Alex English or John Roach, Bobby Crimmins. His expectations for South Carolina basketball are higher than most of the outside. And I think the case can be made on both sides. What should South Carolina basketball be? I mean, you can lay out arguments, I think, pretty compelling for both, for both sides of this argument. I mean, just line it up. You have a, a prosecutor and a defender and in a courtroom, and you could say, well, South Carolina? Uh, you've got an athletic director who's going to support you and Ray Tanner. Uh, he seems to be supportive of Frank Martin publicly. You have a coach in Frank Martin. You can afford big-name coaches. Frank Martin was a big-name coach coming out of Kansas State. The world knows Frank Martin. He's made a Final Four. He's an ESPN darling. They love getting Frank Martin and putting him on camera. So the notoriety's there. The brand is there. Everybody knows who the South Carolina Gamecocks are. After Eddie Fogler won, won uh, the SEC championship with B.J. Mackey, Melvin Watson, Larry Davis, Ryan Stack, and others, people knew, who, knew what South Carolina basketball was. Fan support is there. Maybe not to the extent of football, but South Carolina basketball fans are there. They're just dormant sometimes because they get frustrated. They are there. How about that arena? Remember, there was so much talk about facilities for South Carolina for so many years. Facilities are there. That's a beautiful arena, the Colonial Life Arena. You can, you can argue back and forth about its character, but that's because, remember, you wanted it. You wanted the multi-million dollar arena. You got it. Well, how about talent in the state? Talent leaves the state. John Morant, Zion Williamson went number one and number two in the NBA draft recently. There was talent in this state. Now, it didn't attend South Carolina or even Clemson for that matter. Okay, well, what about the other side? Well, South Carolina's only made nine NCAA appearances in its history. There is the Frank McGuire era. There is the SEC championship under Eddie Fogler. There is the Final Four appearance under Frank Martin, but that is it. Stack that up against a lot of other schools. Florida, Arkansas, 
How about any number of ACC schools like NC State? How about a Big Ten school like Maryland that has a national championship? So I think arguments can be made on both sides, that the expectations are both too high and at times too low for South Carolina basketball. Depends on who you are and in what direction you're coming from. Well, we'll try to dig into that a little bit today with Rick Sanford. And again, Rick, a great basketball player himself, by the way, uh, had, uh, back at Northwestern High School and considered going to school on a basketball scholarship, but opted to go the NFL route. So we'll dig into that, and it's pretty fun. We'll touch on football as well with Rick, because the conversation always turns to football. Uh, it's all we can do to avoid talking about the Patriots where he played, but we will talk a little South Carolina football uh, as well. And back to baseball quickly. So South Carolina now, 12-4. and four. I think you would have taken that at the beginning of the season. I think you would have thought you looked ahead at that schedule. I know it was soft up front, and you certainly didn't expect to lose two out of three to Northwestern. But the sweep over Cornell helps, and the win last night over the Citadel helps, and South Carolina is 12-4 and four, heading into SEC play. And I love the way they did it. 12 hits. Noah Myers, who has not been swinging the bat that well, four hits, also got three RBIs, which means the back end of the lineup was doing its job getting on base. Brendan Malone, uh, Mark Kingston must love seeing Malone come around after he said his swings were a little bit too long. He, he joked with us on Sports Talk that uh, he was trying to hit the ball 800 feet, just over swinging. So stay within yourself, shorten that stroke. It's going to help you uh, hit quality pitching. And for Brennan Malone, Brady Allen, Andrew Eister, all to homer in the ball game. It's just great. It's great to see that that approach. And also, Julian Bosnick, the second of seven pitchers used by the Gamecocks, got his second win of the year. So maybe we're seeing the midweek rotation come around as well as Gamecock pitchers struck out a dozen. So South Carolina, 12-4, and four, about where you wanted them to be. I mean, I think you could argue 13-3 and three because you would have hoped that in that 13, uh, 13 out of 16 first games that you would have gotten two out of three from Northwestern and or two out of three from Clemson. But you put that behind you because now the sweep over Cornell, the win over the Citadel, so you didn't. You didn't miss an opportunity to win a midweek game. Now it's on to Tennessee. You host the balls. They're nationally ranked. You win two out of three here. You're ahead of schedule. So 12-4 and four right now. You win two out of three this weekend. You could be 14-5 and five with two wins over a nationally ranked opponent. That's where the Gamecocks want to be. We'll dig in more to Gamecock baseball as this week goes on. But right now we'll take our first break. And when we come back, the first first-round pick in Gamecock football history, Dr. Rick Sanford and I debate, are the expectations too high, too low, or just right for Gamecock basketball? You're listening to Locked On Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Dr. Rick Sanford with us, locked on Gamecocks. And 
Yesterday, Frank Martin held a press conference, Rick, and he was somewhat defensive, you know, suggesting, okay, this is a team that was picked 10th or 12th or whatever it was in the SEC, and I and they finished 6th, so this was a this was a win. This was a productive season, even if we don't go to the NCAA tournament. But if you check out social media, you see the frustration from Gamecock fans. You've got a great perspective on this, having you know lived through Frank McGuire, Bill Foster, George Felton, Eddie Fogler. What is your take on Gamecock basketball? How good should it be? Well, Smitty, I, it's funny you ask this. I grew up, you know, watching ACC basketball in South Carolina was a member of the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference. And to me, and, and I know some fans may not agree with this, which that's that's fine and I understand it, but if South Carolina wanted to be really relevant in basketball way back when, I think they should have never left the ACC because South Carolina was a dominant force in the ACC in the late 60s and early 70s. And now you look at uh, the program. Yes, they're in the Southeastern Conference, which is a fine basketball pr- conference. Don't get me wrong. The ACC's been a little bit down this year. And you could argue that if South Carolina wouldn't have gotten out of the ACC, uh, you could argue that this, this program, uh, from a basketball standpoint, would not only be better, but from a football standpoint, you know, with those years that South Carolina dominated uh, ACC teams, including Clemson, uh, back when, uh, uh, you know, the, I guess, 2009 through about 2013 or 14, uh, you could argue that South Carolina would have been ACC champions all those years. So, um, you know, I know that it was a monetary decision getting in the SEC, and I just don't know that South Carolina is ever going to be uh, a a total dominator in the Southeastern Conference like they could have been for years in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Well, is it is it the problem of the SEC, though, or does it go back even further to those years being an independent, almost having no identity for a little while? Well, I agree with you. I think you, you feel like being an independent was a killer. And I do think that killed South Carolina, too. I, I totally agree with you. I think that when you look at, um, you know, Bill Foster, how much chance did he have uh, to build a program after after leaving, uh, you know, the Atlantic Coast Conference like like South Carolina did? And, you know, it was, you know, playing a makeshift schedule then. And, um, you know, you didn't have those tobacco road games that, that you could depend on for, uh, you know, for, for not only crowds, but for intensity. And so, you know, I, you know, I've always argued that I think South Carolina um, uh, left the conference too early. And, you know, for years as an independent, uh, it, it was just tougher. I know as playing football here as an independent, it was a lot tougher. But, you know, we played a, uh, an ACC and an SEC schedule. I mean, it was a combination of both. And, and, you know, you mix in a Notre Dame every now and then. I mean, that was extremely tough. And I think that's what South Carolina faces, uh, particularly in football now, uh, in the SEC. And uh, in basketball, to some degree, I think, you know, South Carolina faces it as well. How good should Frank Martin be right now? I, I, to me, there, I, I think I can actually see it from all angles. 
I find myself defending on defending Frank Martin one day and then criticizing him the next. I just don't know. It's at South Carolina. It seems that to me, after that Final Four run, they should have really ramped up recruiting at that point. They had a national brand. They have Frank Martin, who you know ESPN they plastered on everywhere. Cinderia Stormwell was a, a, a national darling, and then it's kind of like then it plateaus. It just falls flat. You know what what happened? I don't have the answer for that, Smitty. I, I, you know, I wish I, you know, had a crystal ball and could look back into that. I, I think there were numerous players that, even local, that, uh, you know, you go back to Seventh Woods and um, you know, the kid out of, um, I'm trying to remember, he went to Texas, ended up going to Texas, and I think he's back at Clemson now, isn't he? Um, but, but you know, there, there were numerous very, very good players that, that um, South Carolina uh, uh, missed out on. And, uh, um, you, you know, when I was thinking about that player, that was a kid that went to VMI, then he transferred to Texas, then he came back to Clemson. And, you know, it's just numerous players that I thought even the local guys that were going to be, uh, you know, stars at the next level, I, I just felt like they, they just, for whatever reason, decided, well, I'm not going to South Carolina. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, there was definitely a time when this program could have accelerated, and it didn't. And for whatever reason, Frank was not able to get these guys. And and is that reason, you know, we can talk all day about is is Frank too intense to play for, or is he, um, or, or, or do kids just look at, you know, the North Carolinas and the Dukes and say, that's where I want to go because, you know, they, they've got the established program. I don't know, but I, I, I agree with you. It was There was a time, I think, that South Carolina could have just taken off, and they didn't. Can it happen, Rick? That's the other question. You, you are so close with people there. I mean, you know, in, inside the school and, and people that, that try to fund it and they're concerned about it, and then also people that have to pull strings and make decisions as well. Can it happen at South Carolina? I mean, it has before under Frank McGuire, but as you're saying – that's completely different now. That's out the window. That was ACC. That was the 70s. That was before big money hit. That was before one and done. So the question becomes, is it over? Is South Carolina, are they just a mediocre basketball program with just certain years where they're good? Or could, in the right circumstances, they be a top 20 program? You know, not every year, but I'm trying to think of a good example of, of a team that does that, that just, you know, has has highs, maybe like Tennessee or Auburn. They'll have highs even if they come back down. You know, that's a great question. And it's 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 I don't know that I could answer that question because I, I don't I, I don't think it's ever over. I don't I think unless you just quit, you know, and I, I don't see there's any quit in, in South Carolina in regard to the program. Now can it accelerate under Frank? Uh, you know, Frank Frank got this team to a Final Four, you know, eight years. You can argue that they've been one of the winningest programs, as he pointed out in his press conference. You know, he's one of the top four winning programs during that eight-year year span. My argument is, how many SEC titles do you have to show for it? You know, I mean, over eight years, you know, and why didn't the program – you know, accelerate after that Final Four appearance, and and I can tell you, it's very simply, you just didn't get the players. Let's be honest. And uh, now, does Frank do a great job in developing players? I think to a certain extent, big men. I you know, you go back to Chris Silva. I thought he, you know, Chris Silva. I thought couldn't walk and chew chewing gum when he got on the court to begin with, but he became a dominant player by his senior year. 
Coach Sar, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I think he's been up and down. I think he's been more up this year. Uh, but last year, you know, you know, I think it all speaks to development, Smitty. But you've got to have those in basketball. I feel like you've got to have scores. And if there's anywhere I think Frank's missed, he's missed getting that guy that you can depend on to get 20 points a night. Uh, you know, you can depend on that guy. He's going to he's going to fill it up for you. South Carolina doesn't have anybody who can fill it up on a consistent basis. And so if, if, if I'm Frank Martin, I'm going to find me some shooters. Now, I don't mean just shooters. I'm talking about guys that are makers. We got to have makers at South Carolina for this program to really take off. Great stuff there from Rick Sanford. And we continue now with Dr. Rick about would South Carolina, if they had some success on the basketball front, but can this be a basketball school? Now, it's going to be a football school, but can it be both? I think they've pulled that off in certain places, but usually they've got a lot of resources and a history in both basketball and football. Um, you know, think Ohio State, just so immense. Think Florida. Florida has, you know, such uh, a wealthy fan base and a history now with the back-to-back national championships in hoops and then the era under Spurrier and then under Urban Meyer in football that they can do it. They can pour money into both. Perhaps Texas could be both. Perhaps Michigan, in the right circumstances, could be both. Can South Carolina do it? We talked about Zion Williams and John Morant coming out of this state. There's been so many great ones over the years, from Alex English to Kevin Garnett and more. But if South Carolina starts to win games, will it be enough to drive this state basketball crazy? Well, I think they will do that if South Carolina ever rises to the level of, of what Frank McGuire got these teams to. You know, you go back to those guys. Those players were the darlings, the John Roach, the Tom Owens, the, the John Reebok, uh, um, you know, that, that group, Bobby and, Crimmins. And, uh, to be, you know, and to be clear, you were there, Rick. This was a basketball yeah. school at that time, oh, right? Yeah. Well, I think it was more of a basketball school at that point, yes, and that is because – they were in the elite conference in the country, and they were champions in that conference. Go back and look at you know the games that they they beat Dean Smith in North Carolina on on their own home floor. They beat them in you know in the tournament. Um, you know this it was an excellent basketball program because they had risen to number one, number two, uh, not only in the ACC but at one point they were number one in the country. You know so yes, I, you know anytime you rise to the elite level. I definitely think you're going to get all the support you need to support. Look at the women's program right now. Uh, the women's program is taken off, and look where they're at. They're they're in the, in the position. They're number one in the country, and they're getting all type of fan support. So, yeah, I think it can happen. I think it can happen anywhere when you rise to the elite level. Uh, the problem is with South Carolina, particularly the men program. I don't see it happening anytime soon until. You know, this team can find that guy or, you know, one guy can give you, you know, 10, 15 rebounds consistently a night, a night 
and get that guy that can give you 20 points a night consistently. And that all comes down to recruiting. In football, it's it, there's in a way it's easier because if you win 10 games in football, you're going to lead Sports Center. That's just mm-hmm. it be, because you're in the SEC. But now in the SEC, there's a chance you could win 20, 21, 22 games. You know, not, not this year, but let's say next year they could win 20, 21 games and not make the NCAA tournament because the reputation of the SEC in hoops is not the same. That's, a, that's fascinating that South Carolina, the pendulum swung from being a basketball school in a basketball conference to being a football school in a football conference over the course of 20, 25 years. Yeah, it is. It is fascinating when you think about it. And, um, you know, you go back to the, the late 60s and in the, in the 70s, South Carolina's football program was just starting to take off a little bit under um, under uh, Frank McGuire. I mean, excuse me, under Paul Dietzel. And um, when Paul Dietzel came, I think, is when South Carolina football was pretty much put on the map a little bit because he upgraded the facilities and all. Uh, there, South Carolina at one point had the most dominant. When I came to school here, South Carolina had the best facilities in the country, could match anybody. Uh, and then through the years, it just kind of died off because, you know, they became an independent. And then after the independence, they did get back in the SEC. But look what you're facing week in and week out. I mean, the, 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 um, the talent level uh, at South Carolina, uh, yeah, you might be a, a fantastic team, but you might be middle of the pack in the Southeastern Conference, uh, whereas, you know, you, you could be a, uh, a fantastic team and, and run away with the ACC. I mean, we've seen that in Clemson. So, you know, I, I just argue that I think it was a bad mistake when the, when the school left the Atlantic Coast Conference. I think that, you know, South Carolina could have had many, many more uh, championships out of the ACC and would have contended many times uh, in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I uh, go back to Joe Morrison's team. You know, uh, could have won won the uh, ACC. Uh, there was there was many teams, many times that could have been contenders, much more in the ACC than they have been in the SEC. You know, you played Rick on a team that was an independent, mm-hmm. and and I've often wondered. What, what was that like from a motivational standpoint? Because you're not playing for a conference. You've got rivals, and it's almost like it's a rivalry game every week. You have a, you have a different team, especially the, the national schedule you were playing. But what was it like? Because you weren't, you weren't like the other players were checking the standings. You didn't have standings. Yeah. Well, we, we tried to basically, we just tried to compare ourselves uh, to uh, ACC teams and, and SEC teams. Uh, the one thing that, that we did pride ourselves is that we were playing all these teams, these SEC programs uh, back then, even though we weren't playing for a conference title uh, per se, we would, we had a split ACC and SEC schedule. And, uh, you know, our, our goal was to play competitively and beat those teams uh, back then. Now, did it happen every week? Of course not, because those teams were still very, very good uh, back then uh, out of the SEC, particularly and there were some very, very good ACC teams. Uh, you know, the Steve Fuller and the Clemson group was very good, uh, particularly my senior year and my junior year. They became uh, very good. So, you know, there were always, uh, you know, I, 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 our main goal was to try to get ourselves eligible and go to a bowl game. That was that was our reward, you know, because basically we had no conference title. And one more basketball question here, Rick. What about 
this South Carolina team this year. I mean, the season isn't over. They're probably going to the NIT. And, you know, that's what's interesting is I I said something earlier about is the fan base there and behind them. And basketball schools, they go to the NIT, they're very disappointed, but then they show up anyway. So the question would be, is this a fan base that's disappointed that this is going to be a team in the in the NIT and 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 further should they be disappointed that's the crux of all this right what what are we supposed to expect from Frank Martin and AJ Lawson and Jermaine Cousinard and, and what are we actually getting well i think you could argue both sides i mean you could go to frank's press conference and argue uh, what he said you know that this the, you know we we overachieved this year because they were picked to finish toward the bottom of the league now, that being said, they had quite a bit of talent on that team, I felt like. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't think the talent lived up to the billing, quite honestly. I think Lawson was not not as advertised uh, or as good as he was last year for whatever reason. And, and, you know, some argue, well, if Frank had calmed down and just let him play his game, I don't know. I don't know if, 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 if it's because of, you know, um, um, development. I, I, like I said, I've seen Frank develop some guys, and they they go from can't walk and chew chewing gum to being outstanding players. And then you go and see a Lawson who regresses. You see a Cousinard who regresses, and then but not Cousinard, excuse me. Um, you see Coatsar who who's regressed, but then he comes back. So who knows? I mean, I, I don't I don't know what the reasoning behind all that is, but I do think there have been times when these players just did not live up to their billing. And maybe there there were times this year uh, when they didn't, but and then there were times this year when they overexceeded their billing. You know, when you beat Kentucky and people like that, um, you're overexceeding your billing, I think. So I think the, the biggest thing is preparation on a weekly basis every week with this team. You're not good enough to beat these great teams all the time, but you're good enough to beat – bad teams okay and you can't lose to bad teams and it may haunt south carolina as a result not getting in this tournament this year by two just terrible losses